Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Providence Money Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Isaac, Associate Advisor at Providence. Join with me today is Mike Chang, who is our insurance specialist in our solutions team. Hi Mike. Hey, hi Isaac. Yeah, so a brief intro about Mike. Uh, Mike, together with his team, is our advisor's go-to avenue when it comes to anything insurance-related, from making a recommendation to implementing and servicing policies for clients at Provident. They also conduct periodic trainings for us, especially when there are significant changes within the insurance space. So this means that they are kept up to date with the latest insurance products that are out there in the market. So Mike, before we begin, could you share a little more about your background and uh, what you were doing prior to joining Provident? Yeah, so basically before I joined uh, Provident, I was with the FA firm uh, for about five years before moving to uh, international brokers for about two years and eventually uh, joined Provident yeah, as an insurance specialist. Yeah, so why do you join this industry? So when I first joined the industry, uh, is mainly uh, get interested uh, in the investment, yeah, and uh, wanted to help more families to do up their uh, wealth plan, yeah. And you mentioned that you joined international brokers. Can you elaborate more on on that? So when I joined this company, it is uh, for the purpose of investing to grow wealth. And along the way, I find that uh, insurance is actually a very interesting product and something that I will learn more. So hence, I got the opportunities to go over to this international broker where I get exposure to cross-border uh, insurance products, yeah, such as uh, Taiwan, Taiwan insurance, uh, Hong Kong insurance, and uh, even Indonesia and uh, China insurance. And from there, I want to be a more specialist uh, and hence, uh, Provident has the opening Yeah And I join <laughs> Okay so uh, Today's topic would center around Life stage insurance planning So we will be discussing about how Different kinds of insurance Vary in importance Depending on your life stage So Before we begin Could you briefly describe Provident's insurance philosophy In our insurance philosophy, we believe that insurance is still primarily used as a risk mitigation tool for the purpose of protection. Secondary will be used for other forms like legacy purpose or wealth accumulations or wealth preservations, etc. So therefore, for the sole purpose of protection, we should buy as much as we need, but spend as little as we can on the insurance. Yeah, so when we mention protection, so what are we referring to? So when we mention protection, we are referring to protecting our financial position in the event of a life crisis, such as a premature death, suffering uh, dread diseases, suffering disability from major accidents, or illnesses, etc. Yeah. As most of us have limited resources to cover our financial needs, right? So it is still not advisable to overspend or over budget on insurance because there's no end to what we can cover. So when we talk about overspending on insurance, right, it doesn't necessarily mean that we have adequate protection because sometimes we may be paying too much of the coverage that we might not need or paying something that we might already have. Yeah, using this analogy, uh, imagine that we bought like 10 uh, fire extinguishers in a three-room flat considering it is highly unlikely to use them all in the event of the uh, fire breakout, right? 
So it's really important for us to have a, a robust guiding framework on this uh, insurance planning so as to optimize the use of our limited resources on insurance so that we can free out uh, more, some more of these uh, financial resources to achieve our li- other life goals uh, like accumulation for retirement, funding for uh, children educations, or living a comfortable life, or maybe just want to go for holidays uh, four times a year, you know. So ultimately, insurance is something that we do not wish to use it, but it is available and sufficient when we need it. So go, going back into your analogy of 10 fire extinguishers in a in a three-room flat, for example. So um, so you're saying that the fire extinguishers are the insurance policies, like, you know. Yeah. It, it's good to have like maybe uh, two or three in the event of a fire, but having 10 would... You know, you incur costs that would otherwise yes, uh, yes. impede on other life goals, or like for example, you mentioned traveling uh, yeah. a few more times a year, lah. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to our insurance protection framework. So, what is this framework? What entails this, uh, or rather, what underpins this framework? So basically, coming to this uh, insurance framework, right? So we use insurance as uh, mitigation tools. So number one, we must first understand what are the risks that we are trying to protect. So typically, there are three types of risks uh, that insurance can mitigate. So number one is mortality. Number two is mobility. Number three will be the uh, longevity risk. Uh. So when we refer to mortality, it refers to something like uh, death occurrence, premature death. Uh, where, whereas the uh, mobility risk is referring to like the medical and health crisis, yeah, which is your medical bills, yeah, and longevity risk is something like uh, living a longer life than expected, which means that uh, you need more resources for retirement. Okay, so for example, like uh, we we talk about the uh, mortality and mobility risk segments, we can transfer the risk like the life. Uh, occupational disability, critical illness, medical expenses, long-term disability to insurance companies. When planning for this kind of uh, insurance needs, right, uh, it's important that uh, we need to bear in mind that uh, insurance is not the main financial plan, but it should work as a support plan yeah, for achieving some of the life goals or financial objectives. So it also works as a form of a contingency plan. So when life or health crisis hit hard on us, our financial plan will not be deviated. Yeah, so you mentioned that insurance is actually uh, for us to transfer the risk yeah. uh, of, let's say, death, disability or um, a medical crisis. And it shouldn't be the mainstay, like, it shouldn't be the main plan. It's more of like you have a plan and insurance is just to make sure that you achieve this plan. It's kind of like a, a support kind of thing. Like it shouldn't be something that we focus all on uh, or rather expand all our resources on. Yes. Okay, so when we are planning for to get insurance coverage, it's very important for us to ask ourselves, like, how long do we need it? How much coverage do we need? And once we are able to answer the first two questions, uh, we can move to the last questions, which is uh, what type of insurance do we need? The type of insurance that we, we need, right, is always at the last because the type of product, before we determine the type of product that we need, right, we need to first know that how much and how long. Yeah, so basically having these three areas will basically complete uh, our understanding of uh, how we can structure our own insurance planning. Right. So all we have discussed is a bit uh, high level, like, So let's go on a more granular level. You know how 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 does this framework guide us? For example, f- 
planning for a single working professional in his or her mid-30s? Well, uh, people at this age are still young and they are probably uh, accumulators. Uh, this means that uh, they probably still have about 20 to 30 working years before retiring. Uh, so being accumulators, uh, we are largely depending on our day job as a source of income. So if we save enough and invest to grow our wealth towards our life goals, uh, at the later stage of our life, such as uh, retirement or buying our first property, or having multiple uh, holiday trips in a year, or doing uh, charities, etc., and to do all this, uh, our day job income has become very important uh, resource that we cannot afford to lose. So if a health crisis is to happen, uh, we may lose our job, yeah, but we still need to pay our daily expenses and medical bills. Yeah, all these bills and expenses will eventually drain off all our life savings, or worse, we have to sell off our assets to pay for it. Yeah. So... As a single working professional, uh, it is advisable to get coverage in, for example, uh, medical insurance, which uh, covers the main bulk of the medical expenses in the event of a health crisis. It is also important to cover uh, income replacement for daily expenses if uh, we have to survive without getting income and uh, medically recuperating at home. Yeah, so uh, back to question, you know, so does it make sense to purchase... Uh, life coverage for a single working professional? So it really depends on uh, each individual situation. All right, let me give an example. So if a single individual is planning to get married mm. or even planning further ahead that he or she wishes to have children in the next few years, they may consider getting life coverage in advance. Why is this so? Because it's better to purchase it while we are young and healthy as the premium commitment is much lower uh, compared to when we are older. Uh, insurance companies are also more willing to cover us when we are healthy than we when we develop a certain health condition, even even though it's a minor or major. Yeah. So it's just like you're going to start a family and it's something that you are you're sure that it's going to happen. It's just yes. a matter of time. Uh, then it makes sense to secure it while you're still young and healthy. La. Yes, definitely. Okay. So give me another example. Uh, so if the single individual who does not wish to get married at all or even not, get, not having any children in the lifetime and without any def- uh, dependence, so purchasing life coverage may not be required at all because uh, this will take out additional resources from uh, the wealth planning sites. Yeah. Right. So just to go deeper into this, so you mentioned that you know if they can foresee um, a certain life event that's, that 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 is going to occur, they can get the protection first. What about income? So do they cover their uh, current income or? what they expect to earn in the future. I mean, it's quite, most of us will try to project our income to be um, higher as we age, but how much higher and, you know, so how do we plan for, for this, okay. especially for someone in their mid-30s, they're relatively new in their career and most of the time, you can expect their earnings to intri- increase quite significantly. Yeah, so basically paying for higher coverage based on future income instead of uh, current income commands, uh, higher premium. Yeah, that's definite, sir. So. Yeah, from consumer standpoint, it is not necessary to purchase uh, based on future earning as more resources will be spent to cover it. La. For example, what happens if the promotions never happen? 
yeah, uh, the person will be uh, spending a lot more money, yeah, covering the unnecessary things, yeah. So I would rather uh, allocate more resources for other purposes. So when the time comes, the individual is promoted or has a very high pay increment. This is where the consumer can reevaluate their coverage, whether they have enough or may require to increase the coverage to match their income. Yeah, this is where the insurance review uh, comes. So thanks, Mike, for sharing. Um, so let's move on to planning for a parent with two kids and let's say they are in their mid-40s. So how would this differ and what insurance do they and their children need? All right. So uh, first, let's identify both parents who are working or one of them is working while the spouse is a homemaker or stay-home dad. So both scenarios provide different type of insurance needs for the family. So if you go with the first scenario, so uh, assuming that both parents are working, the most immediate concerns they should have will be the medical treatment expenses, income replacements, and also setting up the long-term disability uh, insurance as well. So having a good medical insurance is important as it gives choices for selections of doctor and type of treatments which covers the uh, hospital or clinic costs. Yeah. Having a lifetime critical illness plan could come in handy as well. And the lump sum payout could cover the alternative treatments such as TCM, chiropractor, or even purchasing uh, supplements, which usually do not cover by the uh, integrated shield plan. So having income replacements plans to cover life, uh, disability, and critical illness is the second important area as it will cover the household expenses, children education, mortgage liabilities, etc., Setting out long-term uh, disability insurance is also another important area aspect as funding for nursing home or engaging professional medical trained nurses during old age or suffering from illnesses is not cheap and the recurring cost could last a lifetime. These three areas are what they should have like or rather prioritize first. So a bit like aeroplane, you know, when they when they, when the mask drops down from the ceiling, you 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 protect yourself first you or rather you tend to yourself first before helping your kid. Definitely, yes, that's, that's the way, yeah. So in terms of outside of protection needs, some parents may also be concerned about legacy planning for their children. However, to do so, they need to ensure that they have enough resources. Yeah, and for young children, uh, typically they are not contributing, you know, uh, financially to the family. And hence, uh, for this kind of uh, income replacement, it is not that important at all. So, however, it's important to cover young children on the medical treatment expenses. Therefore, the uh, uh, young children uh, can be covered by medical insurance and perhaps a lifetime critical illness plan would be more than sufficient. Uh, in another scenario, if only one of the parents is working and the other non-working parent may not consider getting insurance that cover income replacement as it does not affect the uh, family financially except for the uh, medical expenses. Right, so uh, just going on to the point that you just made, does it make sense to secure, say, a critical illness plan for your kids? So they may not have, I, mean, I understand that you know, using our framework, they don't have an income, um, but does it, does it make sense to secure at least you know, a critical illness plan, um, let's say two three hundred thousand dollars 
just in case they have diagnosed with any condition in their teens which would prevent them from getting coverage in the future. Going so, back to our philosophy, uh, most of us have limited resources and there's no end to buying an uh, insurance product. First, we need to identify the most important areas to cover during a life and health crisis through our framework. Okay, as I shared earlier, parents should insure themselves adequately and insure the child in the most important area first, which are typically the medical insurance and lifetime critical illness plan. Once these areas are covered, and if the parents have limited resources, they, and they have other areas of concern such as the child insurability matters, they can proceed to purchase the plan. Yeah. Uh, when I mean additional resources, it means that uh, all, fi- fi- all financial plans are in place and there is a surplus. Right, yeah. so um, they have their own coverage. Um, they, are, they have um, already funded, for example, their retirement goals or any other goals that they might have. And on top of that, you know, they are, they are, you know, obviously with all the fully funded emergency funds. And then if you really, really have additional surplus, then it's something that parents can consider. Lah. Yes. So, Mike, I hear a lot of parents thinking about buying um, an endowment plan or a whole life plan as a gift for their children. So, what is our take on this? So, in recent year, there have been some changes in projection return from uh, insurance company. So as uh, the Life Insurance Association has given guidelines so that the insurance company can uh, be sustainable for allocating the bonus for to future incepted policy. The higher tier projection of 4.75 has been reduced to 4.25% and the lower tier projection of 3.25% has been reduced to 3%. So this means that the overall return for the newer endowment plan or whole life plan has been uh, reduced compared to older policies in the past. For the past year, short-term endowments, uh, products like uh, Singapore Savings Bond and TPLs are getting more popular as the product provides uh, liquidity and the return is is slightly higher than some of these uh, endowment plans out in the market. Uh, however, there are some shortfalls to it. Uh, for example, Singapore savings bonds pay simple interest and T-bills are short-term and there is also the reinvestment risk. So it does not mean that endowment is not good because of less, li- less liquidity or lower return compared to the current high interest uh, environment. In the long run, uh, endowment can give stable returns while the interest rate can continue to be volatile, which is more suitable for individuals who are very risk adverse. All right. uh, ultimately, there is no right or wrong with buying an endowment or whole life plan as a gift for their children as long as they have enough resources. Just something to add on, there are situations in which I came across uh, that parents who are more willing to spend insurance plan on children than on themselves, leaving themselves underinsured while the children are overinsured. Yeah. So in this yeah, scenario, it just goes yeah. back to the you know come, uh, make sure that you are you know not not just about your insurance needs, but like uh, you know make sure that you take care of yourself first. And, and not just insurance wise but also for all your other goals and then if there's any uh, surplus then you focus on uh, your children like, in a way well of course you still must make sure that they have their medical um, or rather hospitalization 
coverage lah. Of yeah, as much as I know that, uh, yeah, parents do love their children a lot, and they wish to give them the best. You know, everything must be a lot. I, I give you this, 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 this. this. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but however, providing so much plans that drains away our financial resources, uh, that is something that uh, we need to think through. Yeah. Okay, so thank you, Mike. So the parents eventually will 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 grow older and they'll hit retirement, and their children will be independent already. They you know their children will be working already. So how do we plan then for let's say a a retiree? Let's say a retiree comes into Provident. I would rather inquire through Provident and say, okay, um, you know, can you can you review my insurance and can you tell me what is necessary? How do we plan for these retirees? So for a retiree, the most important area of concerns uh, should be health crisis, right? So the area could drain their retirement funds in the event of pre medical treatment, medical treatment, post uh, medical treatments or even uh, alternative medical treatments and long-term uh, assistance for the living if needed. So the main objective for retiree is to reduce the large out-of-pocket costs required during the uh, retirement period so that their retirement fund can remain for its purpose for their spending. All right. So during retirement, there are three areas that probably were concerned, that would be most concerned, sorry, so during retirement, there are three areas that will be most concerned to the retiree. Number one, medical bill. Having a good medical insurance provides choices of doctors and uh, treatments in their desired ward. Number two will be alternative treatments all right, for seeking treatments that is not conventional, such as TCM, and the cost is usually not covered by the uh, medical insurance. Number three, Long-term care, at certain stage of our lives, we may not be able to do our daily activities such as feeding, washing, dressing, toileting, walking or moving around and transferring. So in the worst case scenario, it suffered from uh, dementia or Alzheimer's disease. We probably need about 24-7 professional service to take care of us throughout the remaining of our lives. Yep, so would life and critical illness be necessary? Um, income replacement, critical illness? Well, we already reached, as a retiree, they should already reach uh, financial independence. And uh, income replacements is no longer needed because uh, they have enough, uh, they should have enough retirement fund to last for their lifetime. Right. Okay. Yep, so, well, this has been a heavy episode. Thank you so much, Mike. So that's all for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed our episode on life stage insurance planning. If you like this episode, follow our podcast and follow us on social media for similar contents. As always, thank you for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. All analysis, views or opinions from interviews, recommendations and other information broadcasted, podcasted or published herein are provided for general information purposes only. Information expressed does not take into account any specific situation, particular needs or objectives and should not be construed as specific advice or a recommendation. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal or tax professional before taking any action. 
Provident Limited does not accept any liability for any loss whatsoever arising from any of use of the information broadcasted, broadcasted or published herein. All contents and information contained herein may not be copied or reproduced in whole or in part by any means without prior written consent of Provident Limited.